Let me just start by saying this. Why can't we have anything? Why must they colonize everything? Don't they have enough? Why do they want more? You're listening to the Snob OS podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs. Hey, this is Nika Mompert, a.k.a. Tech Savvy Diva. Yo, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech. And welcome to the Snob West Show, the show for Apple snobs, where we talk all things Apple and then some. We want to welcome you back to our latest episode, and we want to thank you for your continued support and, and engagement of our show. If you want to get in on some live uh, content and some exclusive content, you can head on over to patreon.com slash to sign up to get that exclusive content and to learn more about our show. With that being said, we're going to go ahead and hop into the show. We're going to kick it off with the lowdown where we talk all things Apple. First up this week, um, WWDC is literally around the corner. And the first time in maybe two years, maybe three, time is a little funny, um, WWDC is going to have in-person on the actual Apple campus um, developers to come in for WWDC, like I said, which hasn't happened in a few years due to the COVID pandemic. And speaking of the COVID pandemic, Apple has basically revamped what they plan um, the protocols for attending the the conference in person. I believe previously you just needed a um, you just needed a negative uh, COVID nineteen test three days before the event, and the masks were optional. Well, now it's a little bit different. Attendees now have to have a negative COVID-19 test the day before the keynote, and you must also wear an N95 mask while indoors. So that's a bit of a swing, a huge swing from, from Apple and what they're requiring of the attendees at their annual developer conference. Um, so I think, honestly, it's the best idea. Uh if you're going to have in person, um, because again, we still are in a pandemic. I know people want to think that we're not and want to just kind of live my life and you know, it's okay. We're all going to get it eventually. Um, I'm glad that Apple did change course to decide to put some stricter protocols in place to protect all of their intend- attendees in addition to protecting their employees as well, who are going to be in attendance at the conference as well. So um, good on them, especially if they're going to have people in person um, on site at Apple Park for this uh, uh, WWDC 2022. Yep. And if people are complaining about WWDC and some of these Apple events not being in person because, oh, the lives are whack and it's all staged and so and so and so forth. Well, then this is what you got to do. Yeah. in order to get in. So we don't want to also hear you complaining about, oh, yeah. I got to get a test the day before and how I'm going to do that because I'm flying in and then nobody will hear all that. You want to. You got to pick a side, pick a struggle, pick a right. struggle. <laughs> you, you're complaining that it ain't live and now you're complaining that it is live. It's like, right. man, pick one. Right, yeah. And unfortunately, I know I saw on Twitter, I saw some people um, tweeting their, their image uh, saying they got you know, exclusive access to some content. And I'm like, how did I not get a notification? Well, I did get a notification and I had flagged it to go back and do the submission and I forgot. So Mm -hmm. now I'm, you know, smacking myself because I'm like, crap, I want to see what else I could have gotten access to. So that's the bummer on me. I'm going to miss out on that. But other than that, I will be watching some of the other content. And hopefully one day when the pandemic isn't so bad, I will be able to make my way to the mothership to attend a WWC conference in person because it is amazing from a distance. So I can only imagine what it's like up close and in person. Next up on the lowdown, um, your old stomping grounds, Maryland, they now have the driver's license feature 
in their Apple wallet. It just uh, rolled out. It is the second state in our country to get the digital driver's license and state ID in the wallet app. Um, as mentioned, we talked about when Arizona was the first that came in. Now we have uh, Maryland um, in the fold as well, who can um, actually use their um, their digital ID. Um, at this point, again, because it is so new and it is still being integrated, you can only use the ID at select uh, TSA pre-check tech, uh, checkpoints. Um, but if you're still in the state of Maryland, you still have to have your physical copy of your driver's license on you for pretty much anything else. Um, but I think this is definitely a step in the right direction to getting the, you know, the, the driver's license, getting people um, used to using it. And as the re remainder of the technology comes online, then this will, these folks will definitely already be at the forefront. I'm assuming, you know, police, they need to get, you know, certain scanners so that you don't have to give them your phone. They'll probably just like, it looks like it's some sort of code that they'll have to scan. I'm sure like hospitals, you know, bars, movie theaters, places like that, where you have to use ID. I'm sure, I'm sure there's some additional tech that they're going to have to need to integrate, to be able to use um, these digital wallets. But again, this is a great first step and um, glad to see we have our second state that is out there um, using the digital wallet. Yep. And uh, supposedly it's, a, it's equally as secure. Uh, driver's license can be faked, um, you know, but Apple has additional features to where you got to take a photo of your face and then you got to complete a series of facial and head movements during the setup process, similar to how you do with Face ID. When you Face ID, you got to roll your head around so we can get like a better profile. Uh, you can't do that in a driver's license picture. Uh, so maybe this will go away. Maybe the added security benefits will compel more than just the TSA to actually adopt this sooner than later. Once again, like I said, once they can uh, confirm that the security benefits outweigh you just handing somebody a driver's license. So we'll see right. if that actually gets implemented. And TSA is a federal organization. So, you know, it's the thought you would think the thought is if it's good enough for a federal organization, as, as important as going into an airport, that that would lead some credence. But I think the more people use it, the more states that get online, I think the comfort comfortability level will go up and the additional hardware needed to actually um, read or validate the digital ID. I think once that gets online, I think it's it's going to steam. I think it's going to steam through pretty quickly because it, it's super convenient and we're all about convenience in this country. So I think that's definitely the next the next phase. So excited about that. I found this um, story particularly um, interesting, um, being a woman as well. A lot of times we think of our our phones, you know, you can get on social media, you can take pictures, you can do all these fun things, computer in your pocket. And I don't think we always, you know, realize how important some of the features that, you know, Apple has incorporated onto their devices, how they can really be life-saving to you. In this particular story, a woman um, uses the emergency SOS that comes on your um, iPhone. It saved her from um, an attempted rape. Um, she was out um, a night with friends. She was getting ready to get in her lift car to go home. A man came up to her and said, hey, I'm in the military. I can't find my phone. Can you help me maybe call it or ping it? And of course she did because she said, you know, her brother is in the military and she was concerned that if he didn't find his phone, he would miss his call and he'd get in all kinds of trouble. She said she immediately felt safe because he said he was in the military. Come to find out he was just using that as a ruse to um, sexually assault her. So after um, she realized something was a bit off and she tried to leave, he grabbed her and forced her onto the ground and start to try and, you know, pin her down. But she had her iPhone in her hand and she was able to hold the two side buttons that activates the SOS. And she was able to call um, 911 and they were able to be, they were recording, of course, it's 911. They could hear everything that was going on. And she was able to 
by using SOS and having someone on the line while this guy had her pinned down, she was able to guide the police to where she was to essentially save her from being sexually assaulted. Now, the thing is, this happened back in 2019, but it's just now coming to light because, um, again, they did catch the individual who was attempting this assault. Um, and it took, you know, two, three years for him to go to court. And so this came out during the court proceedings that the way that she was able to contact law enforcement, co contact first responders was by activating this SOS feature on her phone. And it's one of those things where I think we take for granted, you know, these computers in our pockets that we have, we think only of them for some of the fun stuff and the entertaining things, but this truly did save this woman from from a life altering, a life changing event by merely being aware of the tools that her phone provided. So I definitely did want to bring that up for our listeners to make sure you get familiar with your phone more than just calling or texting, uh, get familiar with some of the actual features of your device that may come in handy to, to save your life or prevent something um, uh, nefarious from happening to you. So um, I thought this was very um, interesting to see um, and, you know, what kind of came out of it. It was some additional awareness to this feature that is on your iPhone, if you didn't already know. Yeah. So a lot of things happened right for this to actually work in her favor. Um, like she said, she was able to get the phone. Um, the the 911 dispatcher, because when you call SOS with the emergency services, it also sends you your approximate location. Mm -hmm. um, but the 911 dispatcher uh, was able to pinpoint her location even more because they were listening in on what was going on in the background mm -hmm. because the location services would have sent police to like a nearby a hotel. hotel. They had been running mm -hmm. around looking at the hotel when they were off near the water. So uh, a lot of things went right for this to work, but I would rather you do this and pray everything else works in, in your favor versus not, do anything. not having that option. Yeah. So when I read this, I thought of, um, I have a phone, my wife has a phone, my daughter has a phone, my other daughter will be getting a phone. Pretty much everybody in our house has a phone uh, except for my son. He's five. And if there was ever an emergency to where he, we needed him to help, whether it be to whatever, he's old enough to where if something happened, he could talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. But we, you know, the phones have face ID, they have touch ID. You know, he's five, he's not going to be able to do all that versus being able to pick up a, a old school, old school phone. Mm -hmm. He knows how to dial 911. What he don't know how to do is use our phones to do the emergency SOS. So um, this story doesn't affect me personally directly, but if something were to happen and it was just me and him or me and my wife and or whatever the case may be, we need to teach him how to actually activate the SOS thing. So when it comes down, like I said, I would much rather him be able to do it and do something versus just assume that he can't do it or he's too young or whatever the case may be and something happened. I'd much rather need it, not have it versus have it, not need it. Exactly. Exactly. Or the other way around, have it, not need it. I can't remember how the phrase goes. Have it. Have, have it, it not, and, and not, not need it rather than need it and not have it. Right. Yeah. 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 So again, um, make sure you know how to um, use some of the features on your phone, especially those that are related to safety. And real quick, the way you do it is you hold the volume up button and the power to sleep wake button. Once you hold them for a couple seconds and it'll give you the option to turn the phone off or do the SOS and you swipe the SOS and then that triggers that. So just heads up. That's and if you, you can, and if you can't, if you can't swipe the emergency SOS slide, just continue pressing it, and it takes like three seconds, and it'll automatically, um, it'll automatically yeah, yeah. call in case yeah. you can't swipe. If one hand is pinned under something or whatever the case may be, if you can't do the swipe feature to enable the emergency SOS, just keep pressing and holding, and it will go ahead and make the call for you. Right. And the same thing on the watch. If you just press and hold just the, um, not the digital crown, but the smaller button, mm -hmm. 
can't think of what the name of that button is press and hold that that'll do the um power off and then also you can swipe or hold it to do the sos yep all right um and wrapping up the lowdown this week many of us uh use um navigational devices whether it be google maps whether it be apple maps um but a lot of people use ways and one of the things that was not um uh, integrated on Waze was using Apple Music. Now that is no longer the case. Apple Music has now been built into Waze. So you can use Waze if that's your preferred navigational system. And you can also listen to your music through the um, through that through Waze app um, as well. So this has just um, been integrated. Everybody seems uh, happy about it. Um, and, uh, it's one of those things that you can take advantage of now, if, especially if, um, if Waze is your preferred, um, uh, method of navigation, um, and, uh, simply to, I guess, do this integration, go to Waze, uh, and click on the gear at the bottom and then scroll down and select audio player. And then you will see Apple music in that little, um, box and then you select it and then you have your apple music integrated through your ways all right Good i'm not know. sure do you what's your do you have a i, I prefer google maps personally uh, Are you i use apple, apple maps? maps uh because of the interoperability um and they're starting to get a little bit better they've got it to where you can similar to ways you can report accidents you can report uh um uh, emergency vehicles, quote unquote, emergency <laughs> vehicles. You know what that um, means. Right. And uh, Apple Maps also, something I found out when I was in St. Louis two weeks ago, um, it actually alerted me of a speed camera, you know, like a certain stoplight, certain. Oh, when I do the flash, flash, flash. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, not everyone, but just, just one popped up and, you know, Apple Maps was like speed camera ahead or something like that. I can't remember the exact phrase. So I'm cool with um, Apple Maps because they are starting to integrate some of the things, you know, not all of them, but some of the things that made ways stand out. Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess um, I would rather, I would rather use Apple. If I had to choose between Apple Maps and Waze, simply because even though now Waze integrates um, Apple Music, it's probably not as seamless as using Apple Maps and Apple Music. Obviously. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, if I had to choose, because Waze, uh, Apple Maps has picked up a lot of those features that made Waze stand up, I'll probably just continue to use Apple Maps, especially now that I have, you know, in, in one of our vehicles, we use CarPlay. Mm. We use CarPlay. I don't even, it doesn't even matter which one you use. You can use Waze, Google Maps. You can, it's still with CarPlay, it still integrates with your music and your uh, entertainment system in your car. So uh, I think this goes specifically for people who are only using Waze, Waze via the iPhone app versus right. CarPlay. Right. So, yeah. So if you are a Waze user, you can now use your Apple Music. That wraps up the lowdown for this week. We are going to head on over to Second String where we talk all other tech. Kicking it off this week, we are starting with DuckDuckGo. They have gotten into a little bit of trouble because they have um, been giving Microsoft certain permissions that they don't give other um, applications uh, when it comes to tracking. Um, if you don't know, DuckDuckGo, they are a um, company that's pretty much known for the way they handle privacy on whether it be an iOS device, whether it be an Android device, whether it be your regular uh, browser on your laptop. And apparently they have a beta app uh, for, for Mac specifically. So, hey, that's coming down too. But it was... Um, it was uh, found out by uh, a security researcher, Zach Edwards, from uh, Bleeping Computer, that there seems to be some sort of special agreement that DuckDuckGo has uh, with Microsoft that allows them to continue to track 
users um, on the browser specifically um, uh, when it comes to like Bing or LinkedIn. It's essentially allowing, the, the goal is to not be tracked when you go from, go to the browser. It's, it's basically limiting different ads tracking, you know, where you're going to sell you stuff, to, to steal your data. And um, it's one of those things where it's it's become apparent that um, Microsoft um, has some special privileges when it comes to DuckDuckGo. Um, DuckDuckGo has acknowledged this um, and they've, uh, you know, they've given you the regular company line that, you know, they are always trying to go and, and change and, and learn and grow and all those good stuff, even so much as to say they're still better than um, some of the other browsers. We're still better than nope. Safari, Firefox, nope. Nope. all that stuff. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> they're, so they're still basically saying, yeah, we we had that. We didn't think we'd get caught. Now that we have gotten caught, we'll say sorry's. And we'll say, you know, we'll do better next time and we'll definitely, you know, change and grow and learn and all those good stuff. By the way, even though we still are letting Microsoft track you, we're still better than the other browsers. So it's it's not that bad, right? So it's one of those things where this is their focus. This is what they built their business model off of. And now they've kind of gotten caught being a little bit on the shady side when it comes to particular vendors, especially someone as large as Microsoft. Thoughts? <laughs> own, own your shit. <laughs> don't do that. Don't, don't, don't pass the buck, pass the blame. You know, duck, duck, go is they, their whole shtick mm-hmm. was data privacy. And for them to have to say, Mostly, mostly, you know, and have to put out this whole thing. It's like to say, look, we have the credibility and trust we have built up with our users has been violated. We will do better next time. And that's it. That's it. They say that. (laughs) That's not what they said. They said (laughs) they tried to explain specifically what they're doing. Instead and I don't care of, about that. <laughs> well, we would have. Well, it wouldn't have been a big deal again if they would have said that up front. Mm-hmm. But up front, they were like, "No, nah, we we don't we don't we don't play at all. We don't play at all." And then now they're like, "Yeah, boy, we we in this sometimes we, for this company a little yeah. bit, but still, mm-hmm. no, you sound like a child. Own mm-hmm. it." <laughs> They did not. And then they tried to gaslight you and say, hey, we did this, but we're still better than these people. So it's not that bad, right? And they probably are, but that's not 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 for you. That's not for the company. That's for the the customers to decide. Right. And let's just face it, you know, it, it may not even be a big deal in grand scheme of things, but you violated the trust of your customers by saying you do one thing, but not really. Not a hundred percent. It may be ninety nine percent, but you said a hundred percent. Now you say, well, now just but nope. No, I won't hear all that. <laughs> <laughs> because that's not what you said, right? What you said, said was, we are the best privacy company when it comes to your data online. So believe us, trust us. We're going to protect you, and we're we are gonna not put your sharing data your those. data, right? But but except are. for in this one case, we're sharing <laughs> it. <laughs> So yeah, so they are. Um, I'm. I'll be interested to see um, the type of fallout that happens from this. Um, if they do um, uh, revisit their quote unquote agreement with Microsoft to go ahead and close that loop, or if they're going to be like, "Hey, well, you guys know now, so we're just going to keep rolling the way we are." I don't think they can simply because I'm. How does DuckDuckGo make money? Is it just investors? Are they in startup mode? Do people pay a service, a fee for DuckDuckGo? I don't think they do. Correct me if I'm wrong out there. If people who are using it pay a service fee, a dollar a month, $2 a month, I don't think so. So they have to be getting their money somehow. And how are companies getting money? They are selling our data. So, so I them, did a little Google search, and the first thing that comes up when I type, how does DuckDuckGo make money? 
The company says it makes money through advertising and affiliate revenue, such as sponsored links through uh, Yahoo. Right. So they're they're they they are trading our data mm-hmm. for income. Right. So of course, different company. It could be just simple as oh, we'll sell a link, and you can on our on our browser in the corner or whatever you'll see an ad yeah we but i'm pretty sure a company like microsoft is it's like a little bit we need a little bit more we need some extra stuff we're willing to pay you and Ducky goes we like, it. hey, all right cool we'll play ball but now they got to own up to it like yeah. i said before. and now they got caught yep uh it'll be interesting to see what they do next and uh how they earn back some of that trust and uh going forward so keep your eyes peeled more to come i presume all right, so um, Clearview AI. We've talked about them before, and this was the AI company who was basically harvesting um, uh, facial recognition um, in conjunction with law enforcement uh, companies around the world. Well, what has happened now is that um, they've been fined in the UK to the tune of $9.4 million. And um, this, uh, it comes uh, at a particular, uh, particularly interesting time as, um, as we know the, um, the UK has some of the strictest um, privacy laws Mm -hmm. in this country. And one of the biggest things with the UK I think they're originally going for a $20 million fine. It wasn't clear why they it got cut down to $9.4 million. But the thing is, they were saying, one, you need to scrub all of our data from your from your servers. Don't include us in any of this. And their their biggest thing, I think, was the way the data was collected. Most of these images were collected from the internet, from social media. So it's like an invasion of privacy. And over in the UK, they don't play that invasion of privacy game at all. And it's like, you know, you need to get out of our country with this foolishness. You need to go somewhere else and you need to pay us this money because our citizens' privacy is of utmost you know, importance. And we have all these laws specifically and strictly to make sure that none of this stuff gets into our country. Um. I don't see why anybody with with facial recognition software I don't see why people didn't assume people meaning government agencies assume that companies like Clearview was going to figure out some secret sauce when it came to legally and um organically collect facial recognition of course they were going to use the internet and scrub (laughs) social media where everybody puts all of their pictures they used all the filters and the filters got to scan their face so of course clearview was going to scrub that publicly freely available information to build up his databases so um, I hope anybody, nobody was surprised that this is where they were getting this database of billions of images. They wouldn't scan. They wouldn't coming up with software or cameras to solely for the use of doing that. Of course, they were going to scan the Internet. It's free and everybody puts all their information out there anyway. So I just while the UK is doing what the UK does and finding these people for this money, it's like why wouldn't the flag raised initially because they don't how else were they going to get the data how else are they going to get it (laughs) right i think i think for mostly it appears to them it's like you collected it illegally so now you got to go had they done it a different way you know it probably would be fine um but again for them to do it they would have to build they had to spend so much money 
and build out all this special technology, you know, and it probably would have been more, more headache than the, the, what is it? The, the cost mm-hmm. benefit, what is the cost benefit analysis? I forget the mm-hmm. actual term. Yeah, but I think that's right. It would have cost more money for them to come up with this technology to, to collect the data legitimately and legally versus why don't we just scrub the internet? And the thing is, if you remember, this company was not very well known. It it rose to, I guess, prominence when the New York Times did that article, basically exposing what they were doing with this um, with these images and how they were going to use it in conjunction with the police. Again, I had not this New York Times article kind of came out and said, hey, this is what these guys are doing. They would have remained uh, possibly the small startup that they were. And this was just two years ago. This was back in, yeah, it was in 2020 when this article came out. And then, of course, because of what they're doing and uh, lots of people were like, hey, let's give them an influx of cash because this could be beneficial to us. And that leads into this next thing is that um, Clearview just was fine. Nine million dollars, nine and a half million dollars, almost by the UK for using this data. Guess what? Clearview is coming back to the US, but in the form of um, uh, uh, what is it called? Visitor management systems in schools. So yeah, now they are coming for uh, all of these billions of images. Um, to try and sell it to schools in the form of visitor management systems. And I just know they're going to try, even in this article that we're reading from Gizmodo, they they mentioned the, um, the Rob Elementary School um, shooting um, and, you know, saying that had they had this type of software to recognize faces, then, you know, it could have helped. Let's be clear. The way that Clearview AI has gone about their business is shady as hell. Right. And exactly. Exactly. So who's to say a person coming to pick up their child from school? Say they have a record. Say they were in jail. That but if they're allowed to be out of jail on bond, or maybe if it was a crime in their past, are they not allowed to come to the school to pick up their children? Are their children now going to suffer that because their parent made a mistake or did something in their past? It the, the sourcing of the data is already shady as hell. And now you're trying to bring that into a school system where you have children to cause even more chaos. Who thinks this is a great idea? I don't, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, it's, it's maddening and it's frustrating that now you want to bring this type of software, which was initially used and initially sourced to work with law enforcement to use facial rec to catch people who uh, may have committed a crime, could be committing a crime. And then we're not even going to talk about the bias in this data that could cause even more issues. So it's just one of those things where this is not a smart idea. They were literally just fine for invasion of privacy for all this money. And now you're trying to bring it into schools under the guise of visitor management systems really uh well you know like you said like you mentioned it's not a reach to say that clearview with their shaded past and checkered history and their um back not i'll say backdoor their um agreements working with police it's not a reach like you mentioned to say that police are looking for somebody and they'll tap into or get uh, approvals to tap into this system that's supposed to be used for visitor management to use that for something else because they got the data already. So why wouldn't, why wouldn't a police force, you know, or whatever government agency, whatever the case may be, use data that originally wasn't, that wasn't the use case to get, the information that they're looking for, which again, like you said, based on, you know, bias and uh, based on just not what that's not what it was built for, you know, privacy will be, you know, put aside for quote unquote, the greater good. And that, you know, like I said, that 
that's a rabbit hole you don't want to go down. So, and I don't yeah. trust them. They have they say that they have this new model where it is one to one face matches as opposed to their previous one to many um, type of matching. And this is their new model as a part of their quote unquote clear view consent product. I don't believe this. I don't trust this because I know how the data was originally sourced. So the way you got your business, the way you made all this money, now you're going to completely flip it because now people are, you know, kind of looking at you sideways. I don't, I mean, based on the way that you started out, I just can't trust that nope. you are going to do the right mm-hmm. thing with this data. Can't trust yep. it. It's all, it's all about trust and all about honesty. And if you can't do that on the front end, why you expect people to do that on the back end? Exactly. All right. Um, the last story that we have in second string this week is interesting for a couple of different reasons. So Google has now, um, uh, they're now touting their new AI system that can basically create images from text. So you can type in some words and it will generate an image and it's from their Imogen diffusion model. Um, and of course it's done by the brain team at Google research. And it's just like, Oh, it's unprecedented. This is just wonderful. You can type in one of the, one of the, the examples is Android mascot from bamboo. And it shows the Android mascot in bamboo. So basically whatever you type, it will generate an image. So this is pretty cool, right? It's like, okay, this could be fun. This could be, you know, interesting to, to use. Well, it's not available to the public. And you know why it's not available to the public? Quote, data sets of this nature often reflect social stereotypes, oppressive viewpoints, and derogatory or otherwise harmful associations to marginalized identity groups. So they have this amazing model, but they can't share it because people are so racist, homophobic, uh, they'll train the AI to draw some crazy stuff, basically. Some very racist, <laughs> very harmful, very classist, very anti-religion um, things and be out there in the world. So they have this great tech, but they can't share it to the public because the public will take it and just completely decimate it. That's really the real reason why I wanted to bring this up because sure, I mean, the the AI model is cool. We've all heard of similar things. I think this is pretty specific. Um and, you know, you know, the detail, the grain of detail you can get to. I think one one of the images is an alien octopus floats through a portal reading a newspaper. And what do you see? Just that. So it gets down to an extremely granular level to build these images based off text. But the sad thing is they did all this work to create this, which I'm interested to see. They've spent all this money and this time doing this, but they can't give it, give the public access um, to it. It's uh, my, to stretch my imagination, it would have to be, uh, excuse me, and they uh, initially, uh, maybe for people with uh, visual um Impairments, maybe? Yes, maybe. Um, something like that would be the primary use. And then even then, they would have to, you know, figure out a way to section it off or uh, lock it down to where it can't be used for anything but that in a certain specific scenarios. Because, like you mentioned, the public will get a hold for of it and they'll be tr- machine learning, <laughs> training the software to draw to some the worst possible stuff, denominator. <laughs> right. To where somebody then comes behind them and actually tries to use it for legitimate purposes. So too late. <laughs> the the machine learning is already been trained. So you're gonna get an ape where it ain't supposed to be and you know any other sort of lowest like you said, lowest common denominators that you can think of. So it's a shame that technology like this can't just be shared for the greater good because society (laughs) just trash man let us be great but they won't 
So that wraps up second string. We're going to head on over to For the Culture, where we talk about all things uh, related to culture, technology, society, and sometimes just things we want to talk about. Let me just start by saying this. Why can't we have anything? Why must they colonize everything? Don't they have enough? Why do they want more? And if you don't know what I'm referring to, uh, Juneteenth was declared a federal holiday. Mm -hmm. So now it's gone, quote unquote, mainstream. Mm -hmm. Um, Black folks have been uh, celebrating this for centuries. Mm -hmm. And now it's on the main screen because everybody now wants to be an ally. Um, And a lot of people want to make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So uh, Walmart. The bestie for some of y'all has said, you know what? We're going to get in on the Juneteenth celebration. Mm-hmm. They got Juneteenth ice cream. Mm-hmm. They got some Juneteenth shirts and dresses with mm-hmm. white people modeling them. They got uh, some Juneteenth wine. Mm-hmm. They got some Juneteenth plates and cups and napkins. Mm-hmm. 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 All for your Juneteenth celebration. Mm-hmm. Now, how long have we been celebrating Juneteenth? How long has Juneteenth been around? Uh-huh. And now, just this year, big corporations want to get in on this. Right. So, surprisingly, I'm not that mad, but not for the reasons that you think. Or not the, the outcomes, right? So, it was only a matter of time before the commercialization of Juneteenth came. It was an, it was inevitable. Um, and I kind of saw that coming. So this really doesn't surprise me. My issue with this is when companies claim that they are promoting diversity equity and an inc- and inclusion right it's really just another way to make money they claim they all you know the commercials and you see the families and you you know you've got you know a lot of black couples on commercials where you normally wouldn't see them and you, they want you to believe they want you to think and feel that this company gets it this company cares about all of its customers so we see all the different shapes all the different colors all the different races in the commercials yada 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 but it is just a way to make money because that's what i would have liked to have seen i don't have a problem with companies commercialize in Juneteenth because this is a holiday and they've commercialized everything else, everything under the sun. So f- you were a fool if you didn't believe that they were going to leave Juneteenth alone. You're crazy if you thought that, right? Especially after but, they made it a federal holiday. <laughs> right. What if they, if these companies really cared and really claimed to be about diversity, equity, inclusion, what they should have did was promoted Black-owned, all of these things, black-owned Because they ice have cream. a black-owned ice cream that is red velvet cheesecake, and they carry it in their stores. Promote that. Promote, <laughs> promote black-owned clothes. Promote black-owned wine. Why? Promote black-owned decorations, because that stuff is out there, and yep. that stuff is on Walmart shelves yep. right now. Exactly. But the, but the fact, instead of doing that, which would have been... We're going to commercialize Juneteenth. Let's put some let's put some diversity, equity, inclusion in that. They're like, nah, we'd rather just do the Walmart thing and make cheap, as cheap as possible stuff with Juneteenth. That's the great value version. Right. With Juneteenth colors and Juneteenth, you know, colloquialisms and whatever and sell that and say, yay, Juneteenth. It's like. The whole thing we've been fighting for is diversity, equity, inclusion. Now, if you want to also commercialize that, we both win. But for y'all to just sidestep and forget about all the money that y'all gave to HBCUs and 
all the companies the that you statements, with, the black squares and all, all of these it. things just to turn around and be like all right we're done with y'all now move aside let us do this the walmart way this is like a slap this in the money. face <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely and everything you just said i completely agree with there were so many other ways that you could have celebrated this and, and commercial, it goes, like commercialize it commercial, you so you can make the it. money walmart can make money the black folks whose products it is can make money it's a win-win everybody wins but it goes to show this diversity equity inclusion is obviously lacking at the corporate headquarters because who signed off on this i just read this were there not black people in the room to say this is not the this is not the move let's do this instead it just shows that they really don't care because they if they care, they would have brought some people in and said, Hey, what about this? Look at this, this side, this, this plate that says it's the freedom for me. Mm. What do you think about that as it relates to Juneteenth? <laughs> Any sensible person of color would have said, no, don't do that. Don't, <laughs> don't do, that. do that. You were gorgeous. And now that, and now that's why Walmart is out here doing these apologies. Had you just done the work up front, if you didn't have people on staff, there are so many firms that are specifically for integrating Black culture, Black sentiment into corporations. You could have hired any one of them. And then that's even more celebration for Juneteenth. We hired this Black company to come in and, and give us some cultural interest. Exactly. And we're highlighting these black brands. So we look good as a corporation. You got this other company who's making some money. You got these other, you know, black businesses that have products and wares making money. It's a win, win, win all the way around. But no, you had to be you and uh, just take the easy way out. The which, easiest way out. Right. Which leads me to believe you just don't care. No. Nope, as much nope. as you say, you know, we appreciate y'all, you know, giving us some Juneteenth wares, but it's just like, don't, don't turn around and claim this is for us. This is right. for y'all. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> this is not for the blacks. Right. This is for the company coffers. All right. The hookup. What's our tech tip of the week? So when you're on a phone call on your iPhone, uh, most people, when they want to quote unquote, put a call on hold is they'll just mute the call. And then the person who muted the call, let's say me and Nika are talking and um, I want to mute, I want to put her on hold. I'll just put, press the mute microphone and I, she won't be able to hear me, <laughs> but I can still hear her. So the, the official way to put a call on hold is if you just, instead of just tapping the microphone, if you press and hold the microphone, then it'll put the call on mute and I won't be able to hear Nika and Nika won't be able to hear me. So that's my tip for the week. Instead of just tapping the microphone to mute yourself, you can actually officially legitimately put a call on hold to where neither party can hear each other because it is kind of whack that I can put Nika on mute and then she can fumble around, bumble around thinking, thinking she's on hold and I don't know, do something and, but I can still hear her. Right. So right. that's it for the week. Uh, there is a way you can actually put people on hold versus just muting yourself. Save the person you're talking to from hearing all the jumble jumble and uh, just press and hold the microphone. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that wraps up the show this week. We are going to um, get ready to head out. But before we do, we got an email from a listener that we definitely want to shout out. It is from Jamie Jackson. Subject, thank you. The message says, hey, I've been listening to you guys since June 2020. I really enjoy listening to your podcast and getting a different perspective of tech. As a black person, I don't often get an opportunity to get a perspective of tech news from another person of color. I appreciate what you guys do. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much, Jamie. Yep. We always so this, love getting emails. Yep. So this hit our email inbox a couple weeks ago and I kept forgetting to put it in the show. <laughs> so I actually had to use my reminders app 
to remind me today at five o'clock to put it in the show because we do uh, definitely enjoy getting email, especially email like this, because it's kind of the whole point of uh, starting the podcast. Uh, so for people to actually see that and recognize that and give us kudos for that, you know, we definitely uh, appreciate that. So thank you, Jamie. We appreciate it. For sure. All right, Terrence Gaines, where are you in the news this weekend? Where can folks find you? Um, nothing special going on this week, uh, as usual. Um, I do uh, co-host a podcast, The Tech John, uh, with my couple, my other co-hosts, Rob Dunwood and Stephanie Humphreys, where we do uh, also talk about technology as a whole, not just Apple technology, but technology as a whole from a, a different perspective. So definitely if you go to thetechjohn.com, or follow us on the social media at the tech john you can find me there um, not anything going on personally this week so if you do want to follow me personally uh i am at brother tech on social media that's b-r-o-t-h-a-t-e-c-h nice and uh i as well am nowhere um, but you can follow me on social media. I am at Tech Savvy Diva at all of the uh, inner interwebs uh, sites. So you can you can definitely catch me there. Um, also, you can connect with us. You can comment. You can share, and you can support our show by going to snobwest.com, where you can get all of the details. And with that, we are going to wrap up this week's show. We want to thank you for joining and tuning in. And we will see you guys next week. Bye, everybody.